0: And welcome to the name will be praised. I'm Jack,
1: and I'm Joe, and I got it right this time, and I have not left floundering.
0: Yeah, that's right. So you know, we're we're in a well-worn routine. We're in part three. Nothing, <laughs> nothing can possibly go wrong.
1: The co-pilot has just died, so automatically there there'll be slightly less entertainment in this one. But he does kick us off. We see. Yeah, that's right. Pants again.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, there's a blip in the entertainment value, but not for long.
1: Not, not with grand crowding about. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now,
0: bef- now, now, before we get going, Joe, I'm very curious. Would you say, you know, sometimes in part threes, uh, you know, uh, Doctor Who, it can get be a bit of a run around. Lock, you know, people get locked up. The plot kind of grinds its gears. Would you say that happens in part three of Naimon?
1: Well, yeah, because they they literally end up going around in fucking circles in this, don't they? Walking <laughs> around that maze. Um, no, but I think this is the one where, this is the episode where the plot is all revealed that there are more than one Naimon because we still don't know that at this point. Um, oh. And we realise the extent of how much Soul Lead has been duped. We go off to the other planet, I think. And so we realise this has happened before and this is how the Naimon operate. So actually a lot of the plot twists Hit in episode
0: three. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's still funny.
1: It's still funny. And it's still really cheap. So it's glorious to watch.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I think and you're right. It does begin with a man's pants splitting. Yeah. So what more do you want from a Doctor Who episode? Are you ready to experience it? Oh, of course I am. Why would you even ask that question <laughs> in five, four, three, two, one?
1: Let's go. Bam-a-na-maw, bam-a-na-maw, bam-a-na-maw.
0: So I'm curious, what was your, if you remember, what was your initial response to Horns of Naimon when you first saw it? Is this real? I think
1: it's first thought. And then I started, no, I think I read about it first. I read a Paul Cornell thing, uh, like article about it in Time Incorporated or something like that, uh, which gave a very smart reading of the story. And then mm-hmm. I was really curious to see it. The video was out. I got the video, <clears throat> and obviously, I found it deliriously enjoyable. Did did the
0: VHS have one of those great VHS uh, box arts? What's that? I
1: can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, I, I remember when it was on the in the DVD <sighs> set, but I know you've got that. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Oh, myths oh, it or... was part of it. Yeah, myths and legends, and it still to this day is one of
0: the most. Mischievous box sets the BBC have ever thought they could s- s- get money from, which, three which was
1: Time Monster.
0: It was the Time Monster, Underworld, and the Horns of Nymon.
1: With uh, the, the
0: obviously the Horns of Nymon. the Time Monster a close second though.
1: Oh, here he is! Oh, he's still with us in episode three. <laughs> he's still with us,
0: you know. God bless them for giving us this performance one last time before it must
1: go. I mean, and uh, you know, he's it's got the pink that... gun, right? And they put that, that green bit of plastic on the top. Yeah, I know, a little glow stick. Oh, I love that voice.
0: It is good. I do you know what's funny is that it's not just that they do a little bit of the last episode, it's they do so much of that last scene.
1: Heron Siggs always said you can tell when a Doctor Who story is under running because the recap is about five minutes long. I mean saved us five minutes of new material. (laughs) Do you think they were doing that here?
0: No, really. Oh, his poor gun. His little
1: gun. Jack, if you don't get to play the, co- the co-pilot at some point in your career, I'm going to consider your acting career funked. I I feel like you just want me to play everybody in the Horns of Nymon. <clears throat> yeah, in fact, I'm not going to take part at all. You can just play everyone.
0: Yeah, I'll just be a solo script reading. He's doing the red rag, isn't he? Yeah. If, if, like, imagine Heaven Sent, like a one-man show, but it's just the Horns of Nymon.
1: a lot of pyrotechnics going off there.
0: That's right. Yeah. Look at that action. Nobody runs
1: like Romana.
0: It's also it, also the silliness of the Doctor just going, "Yep, it's an alien bull." So obviously the the red the red flag
1: trick will work. Well, he did that in *Stones of Blood*. Do you remember? That's right.
0: You know these these Nymons the the, the Nymon, they're a little bit cheeky. They're they're showing a lot of thigh. Oh,
1: I filth bags, honestly. The
0: filth bags of the
1: universe.
0: They're clearly not wearing any underwear.
1: Is that supposed to be... Like, what's the
0: influence of that? Uh, the, The kind of loincloths that they've got... Is what is that? Wait, are you talking as a fashion statement or in actual plot terms?
1: What is that? The sort of thing like the gods' war, or oh, oh, I'm sure
0: it's some kind of you know, kind of tu- like you know, it's a, a reference to tu- like tunics and gowns. It's again, it's a it's appealing
1: to the mythic uh, oh, really? and not quite. Sorry, sorry, to, there's a wonderful shot here in a minute of soldeed and Zorak on the TARDIS scanner, like but it's dramatically close to their faces going, ooh, what is it? I, well,
0: I I think the TARDIS correctly identifies that if you're going to put Soldeed on the scanner, there's not much else you can put on other than his enormous eyes.
1: <laughs> Do you know, Star Trek has a, a villainous character called Gowron, right? He's very <laughs> There lovely. he is! He speaks everything with his eyes. Mm-hmm. In a, you know,
0: in a John Hurt, you know, raising an eyebrow, winning an Oscar kind of way, or a Deed kind of way. Soldeed kind of way. <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> yeah, we've got the full, we've got the full range of eye of eye acting there.
1: Somewhere I in the middle, I O'Reilly is going to win any Oscars for Gowron, but boy, <laughs> you are going to be entertained watching him. What we who, need here is Perry, you know, just to go, oh, these carolers look the same to me.
0: <laughs> who do you think in Of the Doctors, mm. who do you think does the best eyeball acting?
1: Oh, Tom Baker. Come
0: on. Yeah. Okay, let me... Oh, let me... Well,
1: Capaldi? I don't know.
0: I was going to say, who. Do, who's the runner-up to the... To, who wins the Tom Baker Prize for eyeball acting? It's probably
1: Capaldi, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he does have those eyes, those eyebrows.
1: Do you not remember his terrifying eyes turning up in Day of the Doctor? Just like...
0: Yeah, still a great moment. I, I, do you know, I remember there was a deleted scene on, um, uh, I think, the complete um, 12th Doctor box set or whatever it was. And there's a deleted scene which has very little context of... of, uh, <laughs> See, I can't talk about anything with an eye on screen. But uh, yeah, there's a deleted scene of Capaldi running around the console pressing buttons and it's directed by Rachel uh, Talele. And then there's just this crash zoom on Peter Capaldi's face going, Doctor in the TARDIS. (laughs) Um, And his eyes are going haywire.
1: I I think I remember sending that to you and you're just like, what the hell? He looks insane. I will never forgive Peter Capaldi, if I'm honest, because I think at the end of series 10, right, you know, he said, they basically said, you know, we'll do whatever you want. And he said, I want the original Mondasian Cybermen back. I want to go up against them. And he did it. He could have said the Nymon. He could have done. And he and he didn't because he's a coward. Imagine imagine Bill being turned into a Naimon instead. Can you
0: Naimon. imagine if World Enough in Time ended with Bill going, <laughs> I waited for you.
1: Do you, do you not like the fact that, that every now and again they just turn around and go? <laughs> I'm I you know into my management style, you know, just
0: turning it, around. And go, <laughs> it feels like they're trying to remind the audience every now and again. By the way, they're scary. Yeah,
1: that's I mean, why they got a bunch. Look at the height difference between the Anethians and the Nyamon. Like they are putting some effort into making them menacing. Yeah, but those
0: heels, oh,
1: those heels he are. Murder, did he just murder someone for no reason? I think so. He is a villain. Jesus. Like, oh my god, I could just go running around the maze with Tom Baker and Lala Ward. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care how cheap it looks.
0: Yeah. I love the, I, do you know? Do you know, this really was the era for high heel boots.
1: Yes, very much. I also like the fact as well the nine one can't run, right? So later on when they're pursuing them through the maze, they just sort of walk, they lumber, don't they? Mm. Well, you know, funny you should mention Capaldi. One of the fun
0: ideas in Heaven Sent is that you know it doesn't matter how slowly the Doctor Who monster is uh, is is move is going, it it it's still a threat and it will still get
1: you. Um, and that that is, that is like an old idea in Doctor Who, and it is one that I think works very often. But the design kind of needs to be there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't just give them a massive bulbous head like that and say, well, that's scary. Hmm. I wonder if the Naimon actually blink. Well, well you, know, you don't see them blink, do you? But now I yeah. like season 17 is coming out on Blu-ray next, I think. So I wonder if what they'll put the CGI on. Wait, hold
0: on, Let's slow down. What are you talking about? 6
1: and 17? Oh, I know someone in the know. I'm not I'm not going to name it any names, but I think they're going to announce it very shortly. And I wonder if they, no they'll CGI see your death, won't mate. I sorry, I'm just processing. Oh, Blue. Imagine if they CGI the creature from creature from the pit. <laughs> Okay, amazing if they if they remove his phallus though there'll be trouble ahead do you know no
0: they're not going to remove it do you know what the effect uh, do you know what it's going to be called it's going to be called enhanced special effects
1: Oh, <laughs> it'd be even bigger jesus <laughs> oh they take K nine now to the office don't they he wants to break him up and see what's inside Oh yeah, look, he goes, we can't get in <laughs> and bashes the door, and it just opens.
0: I love, no, but I love that, that he just whacks the door, it's like, you did it, and Soldi to kind of
1: surprise, goes, yes, I did. But let's be honest, these scenes between Saldir Sold- uh, and Sorak just wondering what the TARDIS is, wondering what K-9 is, it is kind of padding, isn't it?
0: yeah. I mean then again I will always love a scene Where people are surprised and startled And in awe of K9 and kind of What is
1: this thing I mean for you Jack this is the highlight of Doctor Who Is David Breeley's K9 and Graham Crowden mm-hmm. That's all I've ever Wanted
0: in serious drama <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what I would Be paying my uh, BBC licence Fee for Not many people would but I would
1: is dead I've never seen anything. I like See I even quite like the fact that You know okay oh, I'm stretching Credulity here by saying this I am aware But I like the design Of these these kind of upward pillar Consoles instead of just having uh-huh. Boring normal consoles that they're Tapping on you know on a surface They're trying to do Something visually a bit more interesting I, I get what
0: you mean that they're, they're Trying to make it look like a full laboratory
1: Yeah and they ain't got the money to do it, so
0: they're trying to be inventive. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I, I, and it's kind of that thing where you know, I feel like anytime there's a story with a limited number of sets, which is very often in Doctor Who and very, very often in the Williams era, there is at least an effort made for at least one room to look semi impressive. Yeah. Like it's always, the, it's always the command room or the command deck or the, the lab, lab, or the laboratory.
1: I agree. I, I and I think in every Doctor Who story, you'll find a set that works really well. You know. Even do you the- know what? Do you know what this scene needs? It,
0: it needs to be like Timothy Dalton talking to the Time Lords in the End of Time.
1: This is more impressive than that. He was talking to a load of CGI people. This is a bunch of old men going. Roo! Yeah. But, like, it is. I swear Russell
0: must have been channeling this when he, like, with the whole Gallifrey rises, you know?
1: Look at how they all. Scott venerate... Rises! They all venerate Soldi, don't they, touching his hand? Scott Rises! Yeah. Yes, the Second Empire, yes. The, <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. You're are... right, he is giving a really dignified little performance there. Who,
1: the Sort Yes. Yeah. Yeah. S- Sarnak. Is it Sarnak? Zorak. Zorak. It's what Nathan Bottomley from Flight for Entirety would call a space name. It's I... got both a Z and a K in it. Therefore, it is a space name. Therefore, this man was from. Oh, look,
0: Soldy is such a father figure.
1: This is so funny because look, the director, right? So he's got the camera fixed at the end of the corridor as they're heading towards that door. You think perhaps they're just going to go through that door and it will shut behind him. And then watch how he cuts to the other side. It's just so, it's so, like, it's not lazy, it's so placid, the direction, it's so... I don't know, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Languid? Yeah, there's no dynamism to it at all, Yeah. There? Who's the director on this one? His name's Kenny McBain, it's the only Doctor Who story he directed, and by all accounts he was out of his depth, clearly, uh-huh. uh, with these actors. Um, But, interestingly there is a behind the scenes story that says that tom baker now you know tom baker is a bit of a monster at this point uh-huh. and was savage with alan bromley in nightmare of eden he bullied alan bromley essentially to quit halfway through the story well kenny Wayne uh-huh. came in and he was really struggling but by all accounts a really amiable bloke and tom baker stepped in and said let me help you direct some scenes like let me let me help you do this like, oh I, really? I, I know where the setup should be. I, you know, I've done this for long enough now. I know where the cameras should be, and he was really helpful and really gentle with him. And it's kind Aww. of to know that he had that in him at this point as well. Yeah, I've never heard that story. Yeah, That's yeah, rather I was, wonderful. I heard that recently, and then I looked it up, and it's well, it's quoted. So, I'm not know but mm. I, I wonder. Do, that does make me wonder which scenes
0: are secretly directed by Tom Baker.
1: <laughs> The soul dude ones, of course, obviously. But no, it was it wasn't direction, as in he directed. But it was just yeah, 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 helping him to do setups and things like that. You know, sure, sure, yeah.
0: Well, Tom Baker always talks about how he was actually quite interested in the technical stuff of filming Doctor Who. Like he was always interested in the camera setups and how they work and uh, what's in frame, what's not in frame.
1: Alternatively, uh, he could be really savage and say, "Well, no, we've done it like this a hundred times. Like you know." Stop being so boring with your direction. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Who? that He wasn't all monster, you know. He could. Yeah, yeah, monster. yeah.
0: I who do you who do you think sh- who do you think should have directed this story? I mean, if you were to if you were to assign a director to the story, who would you pick? Graham Harper. I knew you were going to say Graham Harper.
1: It'd be amazing. It would be so dynamic.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it'd be like these yeah. mad cuts and these huge close-ups on Deed every <laughs> time he spoke.
0: Yeah, like all these crazy like handheld camera kind of stuff from like Androzani.
1: But it's weird, you know, because Kenny McBain does the Graham Harper thing in episode four. When the Naimon are pursuing them through the maze, it's like, da, da, he's lumbering down. But the camera goes underneath looking up and it's the one point where the Naimon actually look quite menacing. And the lights Mm -hmm. are red. Yeah. That's what Graham Harper does with his monsters. He always shoots the Cybermen up the Daleks up. That's the best way to do it, you know, as if we as the audience are looking up at this terrifying foe. Mm. Also, I I just got to say, I love all this
0: stuff with the Doctor and Romana when they're always like sneaking from behind the villains when their backs are turned and then they all scurry away and hide away in these really obvious spots as they
1: slowly lumber around. I'll tell you what, Jack, Tom Baker and Nala and sneak up behind me anytime they like. (laughs) Tom Baker, interesting. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> Tom Baker's got like the Freddie Mercury effect. I he's it's not particularly attractive in himself, but he's got so much charisma. He can have me any day he wants. Honestly. Uh, okay.
0: Oh, and look like the look little, little, little naimon horns. Yes, that was very well
1: deflected there. I just noticed that. What the oh I
0: I oh I thought you meant the Nymon horns. Can I just say um, one other thing? About Tom Baker. Yeah, imagine the foreplay with the scarf. No, 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 Joe. I am not. I'm not picturing foreplay.
1: Have your horns ever glowed like that? Um, not recently. No. Oh, oh, here we go. We've got the red lighting coming in now. I quite like this. You can always rely on a Doctor Who lighter. Lighter? No, lighting director. Lighting technician. Yeah, to add a bit of atmosphere, you know, if they're given opportunity,
0: I feel like not many. Yeah, look, when it's in red, it's actually quite striking. But also, I feel like not many Doctor Who sets have
1: these kind, those kind of light up panel floors and stuff like that. Do they? uh, I really like the triangles as well. I always like it when Doctor Who goes a bit geometric. It's a lot of the famous era goes geometric because it's basically the simplest sort of design you can do. Hmm. Um. But I don't know. Is there a, is
0: there many sets throughout the classic series that have this much lighting like built into the pillars and built into the floors? Mm, Maybe start. what time of the Rani?
1: Yeah, time of the Rani. Um, I think Seeds of Death in Patrick Troutman's time had a, they used light really, really well. <sighs> There's like a, a wall of lights, uh, which the director keeps putting actors in front of and silhouetting them against it and things like that. So. Just more creative ways of, oh, this is great. So here come the other Naimon. It's like, ah, oh, we fooled them. Bring the locusts through or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I... goodness,
1: he can't get out, though. He can't get out of the hole.
0: <laughs> He's been prepping for three episodes to get out of that door.
1: So, what do you think? The, what small talk twist, do you think Naimon was is, that? This is a twist because we still didn't know at this point that there were more Naimon. He said he was the only one The last survivor of his race Have you ever had Like a conversation in a pub When, when you and your fellow friends Are pissed mm-hmm. Frequently you, know way, you see these nine ones The way they're sort of swaying about and talking Do you think it was a bit like that uh, I I, th-
0: I don't think so Because we would faint very quickly <laughs> I, what do you think the, what small talk do you think Naimon's making those pods? Because they've been sitting in there for like three episodes now.
1: Uh, how do you feel about the great journey of life? Oh, well, um, you know,
0: another planet. Yes, uh, it was as great as it was yesterday.
1: <laughs> it shall be
0: greater tomorrow.
1: I don't think, um, like this is we talked about this before, where you have planets in Doctor Who, and the best planets like Rebos are planets where you believe that they existed before the story took place and they went on to exist after the story took place. And I think skonoff falls away from that. It, it exists to tell this story, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Well, and but it is also this thing where you know it's the story of uh, it's, the whole society is built up on building an empire. And by part four, that empire never happens. So the, the world ceases to exist. There is no second
1: Sgonos empire. It's a smart reading. I wonder you're on this podcast, you know. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, do you know, something I've
0: always found amusing is the fact that the Naimon homeworld is never named. Nimos?
1: Uh, nimin- the Naimon... What? Nimini? Oh no, that's a character from the West Planet. Sorry. Yeah. Uh. Oh, oh, what is who's Spock again? Um. Oh. Uh,
0: Nimoy. Yeah, it's Nim- <laughs> Nimoy. I think it's probably called Nymonia. Nymonia. Oh, oh what's oh.
1: The, the 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 uh the Nimon sphere? Have like a huge that, sphere. That camera started getting lower. That that shot of Soldi there was all shot from below.
0: Yeah, it make Graham Crowden's eyes look even bigger.
1: I mean, like there is a sort of like mania for him that is that could be scary for for young children. I don't obviously not for you and me where we're just seeing panto. But for young yeah. children, their, their crazy eyes, it's an adult behaving in a in a really kind of manic way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it is scary between the ages of 1 and 5. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, Lord Naimon, no, Lord Naimon,
1: it is I, sorry <laughs> Do you know what? My cat's called Lord Nibbles. You know where this is going, don't you? Uh-huh. Okay, please continue. I just go, Lord Nibbles, it is I, Joe. <laughs> and <laughs> how does he respond? Do you know what else I call him? What? I call him Nabil Shaban as <laughs> well. How does he is he a very responsive to those names? If I say the word food, he comes he's he's just like his dad. He comes very fast when the dinner gong goes. Uh, Lord nipples, the power complex is ready for you. The thing is, is cats respond to a certain tone, obviously not the words, it's the tone. So the second I start talking Graham Crowder, he comes running for dinner. <laughs> I like that
0: he marched like the Naimons themselves they've associated Sol with dinner
1: so this is I think this is a better cliffhanger I just associate that because Romana's in the pod and has gone hasn't she she was inspecting the pod she's gone off now we don't know where and Sol has destroyed the equipment that could get her back so whilst the actual cliffhanger itself is shit it's his, him going you will die but she's in danger. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's
1: still delightful.
0: I, incredibly so. How are we already three parts then?
1: Why didn't they make this a six-parter? All I know is that all the best scenes hit in part four, and that's not—that's quite rare for Doctor Who. <laughs> Saving the best till last. Jack, yeah, we need to quote the entirety of Soldey's death scene. You know this, right? I. It is my destiny. Can we just quickly determine now, before we go out of this episode, who is going to be Soldeed and who is going to be Romana? Because I don't mind either. They've both got great lines.
0: I think you have the haughtiness required to be a good
1: Romana. Okay, fine. You brought it on yourself. Oh my God. They're no mint. It- See? They're You're no- parasites. <laughs> You brought it on yourself. She's so good in that scene. Like she is fucking brilliant in that scene. Um, but you know, how you, must was- had, you must have loved it in um. You must have loved it in *Romance of
0: Crime* when you know she's insulting the Ogrons and uh, Lala was going, "You
1: pitiful, ins- uh, you know anthropoid." It's why I've never met Lala Ward. I won't go to a convention where she's there. I'll just be in a constant state of arousal. <laughs> You know, and it's oh. very confusing for me because she's a woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you don't need those questions in your life. On that note, do you want to see us out? <laughs> a one, a two, a three. The nine praise. Oh, bit of a bit of music, bit of McCoy in there as well. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Next we'll see. Uh, for the next episode, I'm gonna do a Dalek version. <laughs>
0: The naimon be oh no we should do we should actually do um the the naimon themselves oh
1: yeah imagine that's the, the first side man the on be praised the on be praised oh that was good bit camp but good hello a little bit camp but that camp
0: anyway we'll see you in part four hello oh my god Jack I've finished- been